Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of All Stats, Aren't We? I'm John McKenzie and I'm joined by three other chaps today. So I'll go through them in order of the screen that I have in front of me. So first up, Darren, how are you? Uh, I am well, thank you, John. I'm looking forward to going through this episode with you all today. We've just had an exciting 20 minutes of watching (laughs) three men trying to operate Excel, which has been exhilarating for me. Mm. I can see the sun gracefully beaming down in Beeston, so... Uh, you've got a nice day ahead of you, no doubt. Indeed, and I'm going to spend it inside because I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Adam, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm quite excited for this. I'm excited to see how much we disagree on Andy Lonergan and J. Roy Grot. <laughs> yeah, Adam giving away the game right from the off. But we are, in <laughs> fact, going through all of Orta's signings since he arrived at the club to try and determine... Uh, the value of them and, and how well they performed on the field. So you have that to look forward to. But before we get to that, you have something even better to look forward to, which is Thomas Alderson. How are you? I'm good. I'm just, I'm slightly concerned that people have heard Adam say J. Roy Grot and Andy Lonergan just switched off him automatically. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know what, I wouldn't blame him. But yes, yeah, good. I'm having a bit of a break from football during the international break. The only, the only match I've paid attention to in the last 10 days is Halifax against Wrexham. But yeah, but apart from that, I'm good, John. The Netflix derby. The, ne- the Netflix <laughs> derby, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, as we've said, what we are going to do is we're going to go through and rate all of the players that Victor Orta has signed on full contract or loans. There was a Twitter thread that was going around where someone went through every signing and rated them. And... Like everyone else, we went through and had a good old laugh at at the ratings. But then we thought, well, why don't we put our money where our mouths are and go through the numbers and see what we actually thought for ourselves. So I think what we've done is we've gone through everyone and we've rated them in terms of on-field success and value for money. Um, which I think is important to to talk about. Before we get into it, just a few, I guess, a few things to say. Firstly, my good friend Thiago Stevam, who is um, is a, a data scout for a, a big European club, always talks about how you should only really judge transfers 
on the context at the time that they were made going back in and looking at them in hindsight is uh, not really good enough because obviously at the point in time that they are made um, that's the context at which they're they're judged to be worth going for or not so I think that's worth keeping in mind there's four of us so we split everyone into into four groups and we've ranked them and we'll go through our rankings and maybe have a bit of an argument about if we think that some of the rankings are a little bit out and hopefully by the time we get to the end of that it will give us a bit more of a normalized um, uh, score for each of the players anyway that's all the boring stuff out of the way so let's jump in with the 17-18 season I bet Tiago knows how to use XL by the way I listened to the podcast about tactics thing that John did, and he said he's a bridge between the data and the tactics guy, so he probably doesn't do the Excel himself. He probably doesn't know how to do it. He is a man who still uses an MP3 player in the year of our Lord 2022, so I don't think we should be going to him for, for any technological advice. But Right, so let's jump in. Pontus Janssen, I don't know what... is the, Are these done in order of date? Yeah, I guess they are. So basically so- I've done them in date order for all the permanent signings and then I've thrown all the loan signings on the end mainly right. for the reason that I forgot to include the loan signings when I first did this okay that makes sense <laughs> so so first up uh, Pontus Janssen signed for 3.6 million sold for 5.5-ish obviously uh, I don't think there'll be many disagreements on this on-field success Tom you gave him 8 out of 10 um, and uh, and you said his value for money was 9 out of 10 um, you said he was arguably Leeds best player in the year before Bielsa joined, struggled with a more possession-based style compared to Cooper um, and Ben White, who followed him, which brings his mark down a little and prone to some questionable moments. Um, and and obviously, in terms of the money, he, we made a profit and he was a key player during his time at Leeds, so he can't ask for much more, really. I, I think we'll all agree with that. Anyone want to quibble on the, I guess, the on-field success, maybe? I more quibble the uh, value for money, actually, because we apparently turned down a bit of around £10 million from... Krasnodar for him in the summer previous so if you're making a loss of about four or five million from that then I would say that's maybe not a nine out of ten maybe an eight that's my only quibble I'd pull the on-field success down a little bit just a tiny bit I I think maybe I'd be more around a seven I I just think that um, in the end the promise that was shown by his like by his uh, early days at Leeds kind of never really fulfilled although I do take, take completely take Tom's point that that was partly to do with moving to a more possession based style mm-hmm. um, but I, I think yeah I'd, I'd just probably pull that down just a touch In terms of the maybe the, the money side of things I guess if you consider that we kept him for an extra season um, that that sort of maybe balances that out a little bit You got we got a little bit more use out of him uh, still managed to, to sign the question then is like how you balance that off against the amortisation so uh, I'm sure they probably looked at that value and said it would be it, he was more he's worth more to us for another season than he is for, for maybe the extra bump of cash but um, I think any to be honest looking at the rest of the transfers like any transfer where we make a decent wedge out of it is, <laughs> is probably a all. good one yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly and um, that's something we should maybe talk about at the end with Victor Orta is that we really haven't made huge amounts of profit from players who've played big stints for us most of the profits it feels like we've made have been for players either who've failed at the club or who have been sold quite young before we've actually got any use out of them at, at peak age but um yeah, so anyone want to change those scores? Or I guess we could do like 0.5s if, if people wanted. But Yeah, I think I can kind of agree with Darren. I'm, so I'm going to hold my own on the value for money, but I'm going to say maybe go down on the uh, on-field success. Well, should, should we, we go, go to pre- 7.5 on that? Then? Yeah, that seems fair. Okay, Mateus Clip then. Adam, do you want to talk us through your logic on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, he became a part of the the promotion winning side. He's never injured. He's played over 200 games. He's got over four. Well, he's got about 200 games, I think it is. Um, made over 40 goal contributions. So I think this is one of Victor Orta's biggest successes for 1.5 million. I gave it a nine for on-field success and I gave it a nine for value for money, but I nearly gave that a 10 because it was only one and a half million. I think, like you say, value for money is, is, is an interesting one. And there's going to be a few of these, I think, where we've bought players in the championship and they've gone on to be decent Premier League players, uh, which suggests decent value for money. But then I suppose the the big question then is, isn't necessarily like, was this a stroke of genius by Orta? It was sort of, we actually ended up getting a lot out of these players for, for the value that we paid for them. So, yeah, I'm happy to push that, that up to 10. I don't know if... Um, if anyone disagrees. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm happy to go I'd also yeah. be happy to push the on-field down to eight. I was sort of between eight and nine, but... No, I, I think a nine's fair. Had... I think a nine's yeah. fair. Okay, good. I think Click's been pretty consistent most seasons. Like He's had slumps in seasons, but every season he's been decent. And that, that that's obviously like four four seasons, two of which were like promotion-chasing seasons in the Championship, and then one of which was a very good season in the Premier League. So I'm happy with that. And he's mm. basically broken now, isn't he? Mm. So, bless him. Next up, Hadi Sacco. Square it, Hadi. Square it. <laughs> uh, he's a f- funny player, really. I was. It was interesting looking back at his his sort of career because he sort of bounced around in Turkey basically since we've had him. Um, he was signed for one point six million and uh, left for an undisclosed fee, so it's hard to talk about the value for money there. Um, but yeah, he was weirdly ever present in the 16-17 season um, but never really gave the return that we expected from him I think he had two goals and four assists uh, and then the following season he only picked up around 250 minutes before we then s- sort of put him on that lone carousel um, in terms of value for money so in terms of his his on-field success I put him down as a five out of ten pretty middling for for the time that we had him um, for value for money I put him down as <clears throat> Uh, three point three out of ten, uh, and yeah, we've just talked about Mateus Click, who was like a hundred thousand pounds cheaper than him. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's hard. It's not. It's hard not to see this one as a bit of a flop. So anyone, anyone disagree with that? Spot on. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's fine. Yeah, cool, yeah. Darren. We've got the first of the keepers. I think you, you ended up with all of the keepers. <laughs> I ended up with all the keepers because Tom's very nice to me. Uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Felix Wiedwald, um, who we signed for around 450000 um <clears throat> and sold undisclosed. He, pl- he played 28 times, you know, and, and, and I think the memory of Wiedwald is that he was a complete disaster all the way through that. Uh, actually, it's not true. He, he he performed well in the early part of that season. He made some decent saves, even in the period of time when he struggled. I remember him making some really good saves in a one nil win against Brentford, um, and and keeping us in that game. But what happened was that he he did fall into a pattern of frequently making big mistakes and really struggling with the kind of physical side of the game. And I think his confidence just got destroyed. And I think if you end up being dropped twice in the season and the people you've been dropped for are Andy Lonergan and Bailey Peacock-Farrell, that's probably not the most ringing endorsement um, possible. So I, would, I, I said it was a five based on some of that early performances being good and then the drop of performance definitely been factored in. And a four, four out of ten in terms of value for money because whilst we lost half a million quid on him we only paid half a million quid for him so you know I, I kind of don't really see that as 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 a big issue in terms of the value yeah I'm happy with, with I think that's fair, yeah. I'm happy with that as well yeah, yeah. Vernon Anita Tom Tom Alderson uh, you might want to fly over this one I'll fly over this one yeah played 22 games and just didn't really ever seem to get going and um, definitely wasn't as good as he was at 
when he was at Newcastle. My only my, my overriding memory of Vernon Eaton was just his arse was massive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's my only memory. But we didn't we didn't pay a fee for him and we didn't get anything in return. I reckon we probably paid him quite a lot of money, but I've got nothing to base that on. I should probably do a bit more research there. <laughs> I think he was on a, in the region of fifty to twenty thousand a week. That was quite a lot of the time. Just quite a lot at the time. Yeah. yeah. So I put him as a four for success and a four for value for money. Yeah, you could maybe even bump his value for money down to three. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking that. Mm, that's fine. Yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah, because I've been. I was thinking about how do we factor salaries into this, and it, there's a there's a player coming up later on who I think salaries are a particular big question about. So I think it is. I think it is reasonable to sort of take those into account uh, in this. Look at Darren teasering for later in the episode. <laughs> John, um. this is not my first time doing a podcast, <laughs> mate. I know how this works. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners, and you'll find out who the mystery player with a large salary is. Adam, Kalabek, Yuban. Well, I gave him a four for his on-field uh, success, because I said he, he showed signs of promise, but only one league goal to his name. He did a lot of things right in terms of holding the ball up and running the channels, but he lacked end product, which I think is quite fair. But I gave him an eight out of ten for value for money, because we actually made... A decent little profit on him. We we signed him for about a half a million, and we sold him for about a million. So that's not too bad, considering it was one of uh, one of the duds. Um, but yeah, I didn't mind Ekiban. I think he's a lot better than a, a player that coming up that's a striker. Um, and I, I thought he was quite <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was actually okay. Um, he was quite young, so he might have got better. But we never really got the chance to see it before we sold him, and we sold him for a profit. So that's okay. Ekiban is one of those interesting players who went on and was actually quite good, put up decent numbers. Uh, I think it was in, again in Turkey, wasn't Traps he? Traps on spore, yeah. yeah. Um, and actually looked like he could have been a, a decent bit of talent ID, but it just didn't work out at, at the at the level that we were at. Celtic were linked with him for about six or seven million at one point, so that kind of goes to show, yeah. Any quibbles on the on-field success and value? No, it feels about right to me. Yeah. <laughs> right, Sammy Size signed for 3.1 million and sold for 2.2 five later on obviously the in terms of the value for money that's that's sort of complexified by the fact that he wanted to leave fairly quickly um there was reported family issues and stuff which i think maybe changes things um had he stayed he probably would have been useful for us even in the premier league i think um and um yeah i, I in that respect it's it's kind of hard to judge him in, in terms of the value for money but um i gave him seven out of ten on that because despite the fact we lost you know, sort of, you know, close to a million on him. Uh, I've, I've said there were those extenuating circumstances and had he stayed, we probably could have um, increased his value significantly. He wasn't there long enough under Bielsa really to get that Bielsa boost that a lot of players will have had to their to their values. And then in terms of the on-field performances, I put 8 out of 10. Um, I think maybe we could bump this up, but um, it's hard to say there was, there really? was a period... You don't Ooh. think he was better? I think eight spot. No, I, I, I think I think Saez is a wonderful player, but I think the impact that he had was much lower than it should have been given the talent. So I think I would be much tempted to say that like I'd be around a six for Saez in terms oh, well. of on field success. Uh, I'm around um, an eight, and it's and it's not because I don't rate him. I just want to make that absolutely clear. It's the exact opposite. I can't believe Darren. Hate Samu Saez. I love Samu Saez. <laughs> I, lo- I love him, but 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 the, but the fact that he pissed off halfway through the season, and 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 also the fact that he was that he was banned during his first season for the spitting incident, and that and that his form was so incredibly variable um, throughout that period. I think it's not to do with talent; it's to do with other things. But I, I think the success should be lower, in my view. Tom, what would you give it? Yeah, Tom. I don't know. I was quite happy on an eight, to be honest. We're all pulling rank on Darren then. 
I am. I was. I'm, should we go to a seven point five? That Wankers. kind of Wankers. Wankers. <laughs> just to placate, just to placate Darren. Yeah, do it. Yeah, well, cause if you if you're saying it's a six, Darren, then you're saying he's only one bit higher than Felix Viedfeld, and I'm not having that. So. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it's all about context, though, Tom. I didn't expect sure, a lot yeah, from Felix Viedfeld. I expected a lot more from Samu Saiz. Darren's giving keepers tax here. I think he's just, <laughs> he's just bumping them up a little bit. All of them get an extra point above what they should have got. Uh, all except one. Melier got an eleven. Can yeah. you believe it? <laughs> Melier got 20 out of 20. (laughs) Darren changed the scale for him. (laughs) Speaking of Darren, Gianni Alioski. Yep. And Alioski's a funny one because he's, as you know, he's a player that I've criticized a lot. Not, not particularly a player that I rate, but we signed him for 3.2 million pounds. He played for us for, you know, um, what, four seasons. Um, made inc- made a lot of impact, and that for all he was frustrating, he was always likely to pop up with 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 goals and assists or a useful um things. Obviously, that that kind of stamina a lot of the time overrode some of his technical limitations. So for all for all that, I actually never really particularly rated him as a player. I don't think you can say that his on field success was was minimal. I think you probably put that at about a nine. And similarly, given the fee and what we got out of him. Um, throughout those four years, I think I'd have to say that his value for money was also incredibly high. So I'd, I'm tempted to put that around a nine two. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like, essentially we did lose three point two million on him. But like you said, you amortise that over the cost of, of over four seasons, and you kind of think, well, we got decent value for money out of him, really in the in the Premier League, rig- regardless of, um, of of how we did talk about how we needed to improve on him. Um, maybe a little bit complexified as well by the fact that the fan base now is going through some kind of rose-tinted Gianni Alioski phase where because Junior Firpo hasn't been a success, therefore getting rid of Alioski is considered to be a huge failure, um, where, where I think actually the failure of the club was not having a sort of system of succession for the left-back and having a backup that we could just push straight up knowing that he was going to be successful from the off but um yeah nine nine out of ten on on performances i think we'll probably agree on um but maybe any quibbles on nine out of ten in terms of value i feel like that i'd maybe bring it down to an eight just because i think we could have you feel like we should have maybe made some money back on him considering like he was a he was a player that was fine ish in the Premier League, like we could have made some money on him mm. somewhere, but yeah, I kind of feel like again, if the club had, had had some form of succession, we could have maybe sold him before the end of his contract and and brought someone else ahead of him. But at the same time, yeah, like I do feel as though three million over four years, though, like that's nothing. So it's not much, um, yeah. But yeah. I guess again, in terms of the the rest of the fees that fee- season, he's the second highest out of out of everyone apart from Adam Forshaw. So he was also like one of the most expensive players that we had on our books at that time. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I'm happy to sort of keep it at nine. I think I'm happy. Yeah. He played just so many games that I think you can give a nine for both. Yeah. He never injured. Fair. Yeah. So uh, a player who we definitely didn't get value for money for is J. Roy Grot. So Tom? Yeah, it's J. Roy Grot bought for seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds and just released for a free He's like I don't know how he managed to make twenty appearances during that season, but he did. I think a lot of them were sub appearances, uh, but he just had absolutely no impact whatsoever because he just scored one goal. Um, and he just we made so we I put it so I put the on field success as a two mainly because he scored one goal and made a few <laughs> few pit well, he made quite a few appearances. Um, but I put the value at one out of ten because it's it's a fair amount of money for someone that you're releasing for free and you just didn't get any 
anything on the field from really so put that as a 1 out of 10 Can you bump his performance up to 2.5 just purely for that when he flattened that Sunderland player on his, <laughs> on his first on his debut in the, in the left back area that was one of my favourite things that happened that season <laughs> I think I'd be generous giving him a 2 in the first place yeah, <laughs> Right so we've got Andy Lonergan a keeper who Darren didn't cover actually No this was me wasn't it yeah we signed him for free he left for free he's our backup goalkeeper I just don't think he was bad or well, he maybe on the uh, on the edge of bad, but it wasn't awful. So I gave him a four out of ten for his on-field success and a six out of ten for um, for value for money because he's going to have been a very very small wage that doesn't really matter. And he left within like a year or two or whatever it was. So I, I just don't think it was a bad signing in that sense whatsoever. It's just a backup goalkeeper. But Darren might have some strong views here. Well, yeah, I, I had strong views about your initial on-field success score, which you've now moderated, you cheeky monkey, um, <laughs> since, since I said that. Um, no, I, I actually, but I disagree with it, that he did his job adequately because he was brought in because Viedvald had made so many mistakes. Then he, then he proceeded to make several really stinky mistakes, including a performance at Brentford, which may be one of the worst goalkeeping performances I've ever seen, and then was subsequently dropped for Felix Viedvald. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I just, I, I, it's the word adequate that I agree, <laughs> I disagree with, to be honest, Adam. I guess so. it's my, my sort of interpretation of what did I expect versus what did I get. And I think I expected very little and I got very little. So I gave he was off. Yeah, but he was our first team goalkeeper three, three years before that and was a really solid performer so I actually expected a lot more from him than what we got we can go to a three that's fine (laughs) yeah you will (laughs) (laughs) what about value for money are you okay with a six because he was just a three and his small age yeah, five. Five times. <laughs> fine, fine. All right, Darren's overruled the uh, This is the most heated he's been so far. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just don't even care about the No, I don't care. I have no memory of him playing. I'm here repping the keepers as usual. Mm. Or oh, slagging the keepers This off, is like reverse keeper tax. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Yeah. Pavel Sabicki. Hard to talk about this player, really. A uh, player who's now currently banned for gambling. Uh, on games that he was involved in, um, so yeah, he's, he I, I was on his um, transfer marked um, account profile. Profile is the right word, uh, and yeah, it just that currently says player unavailable to play football for six months or something. So um, we bought him for one point five million, which looks eye watering, really, considering the, the 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 period of time we spent a lot of money this this season, really, um, when you consider it. Um, certainly, certainly as much as maybe some of the following seasons, despite the fact that we signed players for more expensive fees in following seasons, but just in aggregate, it was a big old chunk of, of money. Um, um, so I put him down in terms of, uh, the on-field value as one out of 10. He played just over 600 minutes for Leeds and was one of the more expensive champ- uh, signings in the championship. And I have no recollection of him playing whatsoever so um, feel free to, to moderate that I feel like he got an assist against QPR for one of Ruth's goals and yeah, he got a cross. yeah so I give him a two for that <laughs> um, in terms of the value for money somehow we did manage to recoup a fee uh, of around 400,000 from this one so um, I gave that one two out of ten for the for the uh, the value for money so I don't know if any of you guys feel strongly about this one maybe Darren I don't know he seems to feel strongly about some of these does he wear players. goalkeeper gloves John <laughs> No, so I move on. <laughs> I don't care about Pavel Sibitsky. I not, not, I never did. Darren, going from the sublime to the ridiculous. Well, from from the from the ridiculous <laughs> to the even more ridiculous. So yeah. I, I've now got Lawrence de Bock, uh, who we signed for one and a half million pounds, and who 
bizarrely, and <laughs> I cannot, st- cannot get my head around this, is still employed by Leeds United. And I've given him a 0 out of 10 for on-field success. And if you saw him play, I don't have to explain why. Um, I have to say, though, I remember watching his debut away against Hull. It was a nil-nil draw. And I remember thinking, oh, it looks like we've got a grown-up playing at left-back. And then after that, he just suddenly like completely fell apart and that that game against Derby he looked so far out of his depth that honestly he looked like he was playing in scuba gear or he was pissed or something <laughs> and I, I just can't believe how bad a signing this was um, and therefore I've also given a zero out of ten for value for money because because we continue to pay this guy um, and he was bombed out after about three games so I just it's it's one of the biggest failures of, of Otter's entire thing entire time at the club I think yeah I don't think anyone's going to disagree on that no, I'm not. I, no. I remember the very very vividly the Derby game because the commentator said that De Bock had done an interview in Belgium and said that he sometimes struggles with concentration and I think that just sums him up really <laughs> <laughs> yeah Right, back to me, I'm afraid, because it's, in fact, Adam Forshaw who was the most expensive signing of this uh, window, so or the, the, the windows of that season. Um, he, he was signed for, for £4.5 million and obviously uh, we haven't sold him yet. Um, in terms of on-field performances, I've given him 8 out of 10. Um, I think he's been a really important part of, of the Leeds United machine. He was probably part of the best team under Bielsa um, for, for that little section of the early, uh, of the early season in 1920. Um, I also gave him eight out of ten in terms of value for money. Maybe, may, maybe I would argue with myself that both of these could be bumped up, but uh, he was one of the bigger fees spent in the championship. Um, so, um, so there's that. But uh, as I've written in the comments, you pay for quality, and that's what we got with with Adam Forshaw as well. Um, I, I guess the only the only extenuating circumstances with with Forshaw and maybe why I've dropped him down a little bit is the fact that we missed him for two years um, to to the injuries. So I don't know if anyone would, would want to bump him up or, or change those scores. I, I would just, it's a question, the value for money side of things, What the given that we did pay him for two years to not play football, like the, there is a question there around the value for me. Um, but I, 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 again, I absolutely love the player. This is not, you know, but I just think that just there, there will be people listening to this going, "How can it be value for money? We've paid him for two years to not play." So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm being no, that I guy. Think that's, I think that's fair. I guess again, I'm, I'm sort of looking at it in terms of when we actually spent that money. Yeah. Was it was it worth the value? And I think it's, this is worth talking about later on, maybe when we're comparing someone like Diego Urente with someone like Robin Cock, mm-hmm. because Robin Cock obviously gets injured in his first season, but there was no indication, I don't think, that that was going to happen. Whereas with Diego Urente, I think there was a lot more of a tell there that he might be missing due to injury. So yeah. I, I, th- I think I maybe just applied that logic and thought Fair. at the time we signed him, it was it was probably a decent fee for a player who actually played a full season and a bit uh, before he actually got that that injury. But I, I'm happy to maybe bump it down to a seven. I think I'd go eight seven because of what Darren said. Just because two years of injury, I'd I'd agree with the seven for value for money. I think I maybe go up on the eight. Yeah, that's what I was thinking I mean, as well. Because yeah. when he's when he's actually on the field, he's bloody brilliant most of the I'd time. I'd happily go nine seven, which I'd yeah. average is the same. I'd happily do that. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to do that as yep. well. Yep. Right, Adam Pascal Strauch. Oh yeah, I got a fun one. Whose name we now know how to pronounce properly because he sent us a Google Translate. Well, you say it like a brummy, don't you? Pascal Stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Pascal Stroke. That's how you say it. That's, that's how you actually say it, <laughs> not yeah. the way I did. <laughs> I think I've been saying it right the whole time, but I gave an eight All on right. build success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
There's no, there's, the fun is butchering the names, Adam. Come on. Like, that's the <laughs> a lot of people just call him Pascal, don't they? Because it's easier. Oh, Pask. But uh, I said he's a young centre-back with elite potential. He's only going to improve. I've given him an 8 out of 10 for his on-field success. I think I could have even got a 9. He's only going to go up. We know that. Um, but I gave a 9 out of 10 for value for money. Again, I could have really easily gone with a 10 on that. I think I could happily bump both of these up if you guys want to. I just didn't want to overdo it because I've seen some of the players given 10s to and I wasn't sure whether I could give him a 10 for his value for money when there were a couple of others really, really good examples. But if we sold him now, we would make a huge profit on him. So he could easily be bumped up. I'm happy to do it if anyone else is. I'd maybe go eight and a half on the f- on-field stuff, but 10 on the value easily, I think. Yeah. Okay. Again, this is one of those signings which sort of feels a bit like a happy accident. Um, there's a few signings like that, I think, where where we've sort of lucked out, uh, and this is definitely one of them. Like it was, he was a player who we wouldn't have we wouldn't have given the amount of time we wouldn't have expected to give the amount of time that we've given him subsequently at the point of time at which we bought him. Um, and had we not had Bielsa, like who knows what would have happened with Strout? Um, so kind of an interesting one, really. He's definitely anyway. one of Alter's best, though. Has to be. Tom, Tyler Roberts, another controversial one. Yeah, I think this might be contentious. So bought him for two and a half million, still still on the books, much to most people's dismay. Um, but I've given him a 7 out of 10 for on-field um, because I think people like to forget that Roberts was a, a regular feature of some of the, our best runs under Bielsa uh, in the Championship and in the Premier League. Um, but like a key feature of his time at Leeds has been that he's been struggling to find form just because he's been coming on as a sub so much and... Obviously, this year, like he's struggled. There's no, I'm not going to argue any other way. But I think like there are there have been periods where he's been really good. So yeah, I think a seven, I'm quite happy with. And um, I've given him an eight out of ten for value for money because for two and a half million, he's made 105 appearances for Leeds. And I think if we sold him, we'd actually would make money on him. So I I think as a value sign, and you can't really ask for much more, really. Hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I'm happy with I that. I completely agree with value. I could go 6.5 for on field because there's a few other players on a seven that I don't think he's quite as good as. But other than yeah. that, I agree. Yeah, I'm quite happy to go to 6.5. If I think I a seven's, I think seven, a seven, seven is, is okay. Fair. I think seven's yeah. fair. Let's go with seven. Right, we've then now got three players who we can fly over. I think um, Jordan Stevens, Darren. I, I don't, I don't even know why we included him in this main list. <laughs> I didn't want to write about him, and I don't want to talk about him. Okay, so you gave him three. On field, five out of ten fee. I think that's fine. Yeah, um, he could maybe even be bumped down to the list of players that we signed. But yeah, I don't know really why he is on the, this list. To be honest, that's yeah. probably my fault. And then two loanees, so Matthew Pennington, Tom. I couldn't actually remember him playing for Leeds, so I had to put this in the group chat and get other people to do my work for me. I've just put he was probably the most memorable of all these signings, and he probably wasn't the worst player, but definitely not the best. So I've given him a four for uh, on field stuff and. Uh, we haven't actually rated value for money on loan players because it's a bit more difficult to do. Yeah, I think four's fine. And then, Adam, you had Pierre-Michel Lasoga. Yeah, he scored 10 goals in 33 games, which was OK. A few of them were quite nice goals, to be honest. We also got the get-in-the-box, Lasoga, you fat, whatever. Um, <laughs> and that was a good, fun moment. So for that alone, I gave him a six. But he was slow and unfit, and the, the get-in-the-box, you fat, whatever, was pretty apt, to be honest. Um, but I gave him a six for the goals, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyone disagree with that? That's fine. I think that's fair. Right, Tom, do you want to talk about the other, the sort of other signings roughly? Um, yeah, I'm just going to list them all quickly because they're yeah. all really unmemorable. So there was Maja Gomez, who we got on a free, and it was undis- sold for undisclosed, so maybe we made money, you never know. Wasim Boy came on a free, sold on a free, which is going to be a bit of a theme here. Adrian Balboa, who sounds like he should be in Rocky. 
bought for, a f- for free, sold for free. Hugo Diaz, bought for free, sold for free. Bryce Osana, bought for free, sold for free. Alejandro Machuca, bought for free, sold for free. Oriol Ray, bought for free, sold for free. Usama Siddiqui, who f- bought for free, undisclosed. Um, Kun, does anyone know how to say his second name? Temenezhukov. Thank you, John. Uh, undisclosed fee, bought for, not sure what we sold him for. Ryan Edmondson, uh, undisclosed, bought for, I don't think we actually sold, we still, he's still on the book. He's on loan still. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apo Haume, who undisclosed fee, but sold it for 230k. Yasuki Idaguchi, bought for half a million, undisclosed um, sale. I think we made a profit on Idaguchi. Profit, yep. Yeah, I think yep. he went for a, about a million. Okay. Yep. That's that's Celtics, Yasuki Idaguchi, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oliver Sarkic, undisclosed, bought for, sold for a free. Sam Dolby, undisclosed for both bought and sold. And Cameron Balfour Jackson, who we got on a loan. Uh, none of these players made more than six appearances, so it's a Bit of a shit show, really. Hmm. I think only yeah. Apohalme and maybe Idaguchi could be seen as a, a even remotely near a success because we probably didn't make loss or maybe even made a profit on them. Interesting season, as you've written in the comments, a bit more of a scattergun approach. This is the famous season where people were like, like, yeah, what what are we getting with Auto? Seems as though he's spreading the money around thin and just sort of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, and I, I guess most people would say this is a sort of fairly poor season by his standards um, anyway. I think the average of, of the on-field performances was um, that we've given um, was actually, it's probably changed slightly, but it was 5.28 to start with, which was, I think, the was it the second worst? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was the second worst um, of, of, the value, of the on-field performance uh, scores that we gave. So anyone got any thoughts on this season in particular? It's definitely Scattergun, and I did, rough calculation in my head while we were discussing things and he spent about 30 million on players or just under 30 million on players that summer and I guess some of it maybe was needed like we needed some more academy players our academy just didn't have enough and that's why he brought a load in but a lot of the first team signings just didn't work did they so it was very much a mixed bag but some of them would obviously go on to become much better for us with Bielsa proper coaching and whatnot so maybe some of them were all right if you consider the fact that in the following two seasons I mean the following season we spent around 10 million um, on mainly Barry Douglas and Patrick Bamford. There's an undisclosed fee for Leif Davis. Then the following season, the only money we spent was an undisclosed fee on Jan Paveda, 30 million uh, with, with, I guess not, well, maybe, maybe there was enough to show for it, but in terms of actual squad value, even though we got, we got value for money out of players like Pontus Janssen and Matthias Lick and um, Gianni Alioski, in particular, Adam Forshaw, Pascal Strauch. Like we're not we're, as of now, as of this moment, we haven't made any sort of long-term investment profits out of out of any of those players. They've they've only really had any sort of value in terms of uh, subsequent um, appearances on on the field. And I suppose that's that's the big question going forward for me with Orta is that he, okay, he's shown that we can get into the Premier League and we can sort of stick around and and, and make. Uh, I suppose functional transfers, but the big question for me is like long-term profitability. Like, at what point do we start seeing us bringing in players who we then move on for 
for profits in the same way that someone like Southampton have done. They spent money on big players, uh, but then have made like 10 million profit on those on those big fees that they've spent as well. So uh, something to, to keep in mind going forward. But let's let's keep um, uh, plugging through the, the players. So a couple of seasons where there's not a lot going on. Um, so um, the next season, Leif Davis, as I've mentioned, bought uh, on, a, on an undisclosed fee and he's still at the club, although he is away on loan at the moment at, at Bournemouth, as we know. Um, in terms of on field, I gave him uh, four out of ten. He did. He arrived as an under 18s player, and he did have a bit of a time where he flirted with the senior team, uh, but never really broke through. Um, obviously, we got the the moment of very good Davis um, from there. I think it was at the Cagliari preseason game that we like to talk about so much on this podcast. When you say we, John, <laughs> <laughs> when I say we, I'm using the royal we. Yes, um, and then in terms of. In terms of value for money, I've put seven out of ten, which maybe seems a little bit high, but he won't, he he won't have cost too much, and I guess I would expect him to leave at the end of this season. They have an option to buy Bournemouth. Right. So I don't know whether they'll take it up, but they do have the option. So we, presumably, we will expect him to make some kind of profit there. So what do, what do people think of Leaf Davis? Quickly, I think those ratings are fair. Yeah, yeah. I've got a problem yeah. with them. Same. Yeah. Cool. I quite enjoyed him playing against Villa in that game that we won three two. Yeah. Right, Darren Barry Douglas. Yeah, Baz is a is a is a funny one. Is our Baz, isn't it? Because I, I think I think my 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 um my on field success rating is probably a bit a bit harsh to be fair. Because you know is is a is a, a good player, classy and calm on the ball, exactly what we needed or what we would have needed in the previous season anyway. Um, but probably physically unsuited to Bielsa's style. Um, lots of minutes. Um, missed to niggling injury, um, so I've I've gone sort of five out of ten on terms of on-field success, but I, th- I I do think that's probably harsh actually on reflection. Um, and in terms of value for money, again I've gone five because it was a pretty big fee for the time, and I think this is the context thing that we're talking about earlier, John. I think Wolves sold him at the right time, and I think we probably p- overpaid for him based on the previous season's output. And and I I think Wolves kind of had us had us over a bit of a barrel there to be honest. So um, I, I think it was it was one I struggled with a little bit was this one. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts um, as to where you think this sits. I think five out of ten performance wise is fine. Um, five out of ten for the fee maybe a little bit a little bit high. Although it is it is only three million, but I mean we, it felt like we just got so little out of him, and then we sold him for a free. So we lost three million on him after. Like did we did we how much how much Playing time did he even get uh, for us in the end? Probably about fifty-ish games, mm. I reckon, something mm. around that. Yeah, I'd probably give a four out of ten for the fee. I could, I could go to a six for on-field success because, I mean, he did have some promising moments. It's just we never really saw the full version of him, did we, from, mm. from his time at Wolves, and that was the shame, really. He's a nice lad, though, so I could give him a six for that. I think five. <laughs> I think five in terms of performance is fine. I would be tempted yeah. to maybe bump his value down uh, just okay. a bit. Yeah. Fine. That's fair, yeah. Yep. Do, 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 Patrick Bamford, Tom. I've given him a, well, we bought him for 7 million, um, obviously still at the club. I've given him an 8 out of 10 for on-field, because uh, I think you could argue that he might be Leeds' most important player since his arrival. Um, and then he struggled to get going in that first year, but he came injured, didn't he? And he never really seemed to get over those injuries in the first year. Um, <clears throat> second year, he did everything asked of him, really, apart from... Apart from score before lockdown, and then after and then after lockdown, he he just seemed to get going during Project Restart, and he kept that up in his amazing first season of the Premier League. But as we all know, as we struggle with se- uh, injury this season, so I think an eight just kind of like he's had a bit quite a lot of ups and downs. But th- that sort of season and a bit in the Premier League and the bit where we got promoted, I think he deserves that rating. 
um, and then uh, giving him an eight for value for money as well, just because of his output. And I think that's actually, like considering that what you can pay for strikers for his like what we got from his output in the first season of the Premier League, I think seven million is good. And I think we could still still make a profit on him if we sold him now. I'd be tempted to bump both of those up to nines. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I'd I'd stay with an eight for the uh, value for money. Depends if we sell him for anything, I guess. I think his value might have come down this season, but it shot up last season for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. I think if we sold him at the end of the season, which I don't expect us to do, we would make more than 7 million. 100%, yeah. Yeah. What would you have to spend to replace him? That's a good question as well. Mm. Yeah. 36.5 million. Excellent. So he's <laughs> direct value for money then. <laughs> Nine it is. Very scientific methods been deployed by all stats, aren't we? Yeah. That's just my own internal model, Darren. Excellent. I like I'll it. explain it to you later. Okay, good. I'll look forward to that. Um, <laughs> is again, that what they use at Analytics FC, John? <laughs> yeah, it's just me. They just throw things Sat to me in a room. Like, John, just... work this out for us. <laughs> <laughs> just give, give us a number between these values. <laughs> um, yeah, and I sit there with one of those eight ball things, just shake it and <laughs> random number generator. Try again later. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darren, maybe the low point of, of all of these transfers in Kiko Kasia. I've got Kiko Kasia, who we signed on a free transfer, but on enormous wages. So so um, the spoiler that I did earlier, this is the player <laughs> I was talking about. Um, and Kiko Kasia, it's fair to say, was a bad goalkeeper who failed in the big moments and in the small ones as well. And um, I gave him a 3 out of 10 uh, for value for money and a 2 out of 10 in terms of on-field performance um, and I just think in terms of the value for money paying him the wages that we did for being banned and for being shit was not good value um, and then he's he's away how, how did where did he end up going he went on a free didn't he so yeah. He's on loan still. Oh, he's, he's on loan. Still okay. Employed by okay. Us. Oh, so he's still employed by us. Oh, joy. Oh, rapture. <laughs> um, great. Okay. So I, I just, yeah. I, if, if he comes back and we just fire him into the sea in a cat, in a cannon, that'd be, that in a cannonball, that'd be quite good. Whatever. Yeah. Not just, I, I, I actually despise him, but you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Anyone want to change those ratings? I, I'd swap the numbers. I was going to say I'd swap him. I think there are, he'd, I know he was crap. You're giving a him lot. lower than Lewis Baker. Yeah, yeah, you know, but he played a lot of games. Yeah, I, I know he was shit. Very ma- no, he, he made some good saves. Like yeah, Huddersfield, Rotherham. I can think of a couple. There was one yeah. I can't remember. I think who was it? It was in Middlesbrough where he made a save, and that then was. we went down. To- <laughs> he made a save. <laughs> no, we went right down the other end and scored straight away. Like, oh, yeah. There was a period of time where I think we worked out that we wouldn't have had any difference <laughs> if we had had no goalkeeper in net. I, I remember Josh and I sitting down and working out the shots on target versus what actually happens in the games. And obviously partly that was because we were so dominant in the championship at that time. But He kept clean sheets, mate. He kept a lot of clean sheets in that first part of that season, mate. <laughs> but he was, there was a period where he was absolutely toilet, like so bad. Yeah, and every we shot would, went in, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it basically, yeah. And he shit himself in the big moments, like in the Derby game. He was absolutely calamitous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah keep it at two. I don't want to give him anything more than he deserves. <laughs> but I'd give a two for value for money. Yeah, I would drop that down as well. Down. Because he was on £35,000 a week, which is one of the biggest wages we've given whilst being outside the Premier League, if not the biggest. So I'd drop that no, down. There's an extent to which he was on a high wage because he didn't cost anything, right? So Which mm. I guess you sort yeah. of have to factor together. But um, yeah, We signed him on a four and a half year deal, John. 
Well, yeah, we, we make some dumb choices at times. I'm happy to admit that. <laughs> um, speaking of dumb choices, Lewis Baker, I've got obviously on loan, managed only six months at Leeds, 220 minutes in the championship, arrived as a player who was very well regarded. And to be fair, he is doing okay for Stoke now, but just never really clicked at Leeds. So I've given him a three out of three out of 10. Um, anyone want to qu- query that? Um, and then it's worth saying that we did have Jack Harrison on on loan as well, and that concludes that season. So, um, who Adam, you had the, the yeah the other players. So yeah, some players I've not even really like Josh Vierschergel. I've, I've vaguely heard of him. We signed for twenty five thousand pounds. I don't know if we ever sold him or he got released. Bogus is undisclosed. He's still on the books. Uh, he's out on loan. If he hadn't got the injury that he just got, I think we'd actually be able to either sell him for a profit or, or loan him out again next season. But it looks like he's probably just going to have to rehab with us. Apparently, he's been seen with quite a few of the players like Click. Um, Morton Spencer, undisclosed. Don't know where he is now. Don't know where we still have him. Jamal Blackman and Izzy Brown are probably the two players to talk about here, though. Um, both loans, barely played games between them. I think Izzy Brown made one appearance. Um, Izzy Brown, quite a good player for Huddersfield and Rotherham on loan at times. And I was quite excited by the, the signing of him. But... Obviously, he was always injured, so we never got to see him. And Jamal Blackman, we just broke him in a 23s game, which is very, very Leeds United, isn't it? Um, and then we never really saw him again. So it, at the very least, I would say about this season, it was less scattergun. It was much more focused. And in that sense, it was better, even though we didn't go up. Um, and we didn't spend a lot of money either. So that's really good. Um, and we've still finished third. So I'll take that. But obviously, there are a couple of duds in there. We mentioned Casillo. We don't need to talk about him again. Uh, Izzy Brown and Blackman didn't work out and Baker didn't work out for whatever reason. But then Harrison, Bamford, in those alone was were big successes for me. So not too bad in the end. Yeah, it's worth saying this is the first season under Bielsa. So I think the scattergun mm. approach probably disappeared because of that. Bielsa is probably a lot less happy just spending money with wild abandon. Um, but yeah, and it, remarkable really that, that given the, the, the approaches that we'd had before that, we, we ended up not really spending much at all and and finishing third in the league. Uh, But let's move on to the next season. So 2019-20, which is the season we got promoted. So Adam, Jan Paveda. Yeah, I believe it's actually a free transfer, but with lots of like add-ons if he meets certain targets and goals. So that's why it's been put down as undisclosed. I don't quite know what that ends up going to, but they also have a... um, a percentage sell-on, don't they, Man City, I believe, as well. Um, I gave him a five for on-field success. I could easily give that a four. We've seen some good signs of promise, but I gave him a five purely for that fun performance that we saw against his former team, Man City. Um, But in terms of value for money, considering he's basically a free transfer, I think he could be sold for a small profit already, um, and he still has a lot of room to improve. So if we loan him out again, he does well. We could sell him on for even more, and I believe that's probably what we'll end up doing this summer. So it's not the worst thing in the world in terms of value for money. I think a seven's pretty pretty fine. I'd happily go to a four for the on-field stuff because we just haven't seen a lot of him, and and a lot of a lot of it is is impactful. He hasn't got that many assists, or I think it's two or three. So I'd happily go to a four for that, but I, I'm happy with a seven for the value for money because he's very very cheap. I think performance-wise, is fine. Um, he, he broke yep. into the senior squad, which I mm-hmm. think is fair enough, and has has been playing, I guess, fairly well at Blackburn. So. Yeah, you know he's he's certainly going to be a player who is going to be playing around the 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 championship, if not a lower sort of Premier League side. So I think that's fine. Anyone else want to quibble anything on that? Not a thing. No. Nope. Uh, everyone else that season was alone. So there's three loans that we're not going to talk about until they are signed. So Jack Harrison, Helder Costa, and Elan Melier. Obviously, all of those were, were were largely successful in this season in particular. Um, obviously, Jack Harrison was being reloaned. 
And then the other loanees that we had, actually, we've got Jack Clark down as a loan, but Jack Clark presumably came through our academy, did he? So yes, we but we re-signed. sold him to Spurs and then we loaned him back loaned him for back. the first six months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So technically, that that's a bit of a a non-issue really when it comes to this because he's not really a, a, an auto signing so much as an auto sale. But we we can talk about that. But before we get to that, Tom Alderson, Ben White, is this the first ten? I think. Yeah, yeah. Giving him a ten, maybe the perfect Bielsa system centre back, and he was just unbelievable that year I can only there's, there's only one time I can think of him even remotely making a mistake mm. um, so yeah give him a 10 can you say what that is because I can't remember no, <laughs> so, I can't, I, there was one game where he got caught on the ball trying to play out from the back and I still would think he fixed it anyway but I, can think of, I can think of some mistakes yeah. he was pretty poor like in 1v1 moments um, particularly when he was isolated and yeah airily was poor was a, was we a also Cardiff tried game there was a there was a Cardiff game where I think he was to blame for one of the goals. There was the Luton game where he let Harry Cornick score. Do you remember that Luton game? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm I not do. having that. I don't. I don't think he was a mis- that was a mistake. I'm st- I'm, I'm, well, I said that at the time. I'm not having that. <laughs> so the issue with the issue with this is that Ben White continues to make this mistake. Um, he does it for Arsenal. He's done it a few times for us where he gets isolated one v one. And yes, it is sort of defensive transition. But I do think he has a bit of a weakness in terms of his spatial awareness of where his goal is and where he has to position himself. Maybe calling it a mistake is a little bit harsh. But mm. I, I just wanted I just wanted to say that I did think there were weaknesses there. Of course. Um, yeah. And and obviously the playing him at centre, well, defensive midfield was was a pretty disastrous experiment. A few times yeah. he did that mm-hmm. as well. Was would you give him less than a ten? No, I wouldn't give him less than a ten. Not at all. Anyway. Yeah, I think we're yeah. all going to call, call that a 10 out of 10 loan. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, it would have been great. It's, again, signing. when you compare it to your expectations, I just didn't know what to expect. And he, mm. like that Bristol City game, you were just like, bloody hell, we've got a player here. And he, he just carried on from there. Yeah, yeah it was like, we, we were all really worried after Jansen mm. left, I yeah, think. Yeah. And the fact that White came in and was better was just really, yeah, really not From unexpected. the off as well, like straight up, it wasn't like a, there was no time, time development, was there? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'll talk about Eddie Nketiah before we move on to Jack Clark quickly, but um, Eddie Nketiah obviously loaned from Arsenal, um, and I think he was a fairly good foil to Pat Bamford, scored some important goals. Again, we only had him for six months, I think, um, and I, I, people still talk about maybe getting Eddie Nketiah back, which I suppose is a testament to him being okay um, when, when he when he showed up. So I've given him seven out of ten. Um, I, I guess you could push it down to maybe a six, but I, I doubt anyone's going to quibble that. Mm. No, he scored a few like equalizers, didn't he? And Some big goals. Yeah. Brentford, big goals. Was it Brentford? Yeah. When he scored that? yeah. The winner. Last yeah. minute winner, yeah. Away at Preston. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, and he was like, he was a decent player, right? There's a lot of players that we're talking about here where we sign them and we say, well, they played a few times and they were okay. He was definitely better than that, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So I also think it was a shame that like he was going to get a run, wasn't he, just before he got recalled? I think he they said he was going to get a run of games, and it would have it would have just been interesting more than anything mm. to see if what had happened. Yeah. Anyone want to change the score? Seven's good, yeah. Uh, Jack Clark, Adam, do you want to just talk us through that one? Yeah, so I haven't actually given him a value for money rating, but I guess if we were going to give one, we have to give a 10, right? But it's not it's not the same as some of the other players where we've, we've bought them and then either sold them or released them. It's He was on the books for us already, also didn't sign him, and then we've sold him for an absolutely massive fee, which, I mean, at the time for me, I was thinking, I thought that was a bit low. And now in hindsight, it's absolutely amazing what we got for him. He's on loan at Sunderland now. But we, we did loan him back. We didn't really play him. He had hardly any impact. I honestly think it was a complete waste of a loan slot that we could have used somewhere else. Uh, and I gave him a 3 out of 10 for his, his on-pitch performance. On performance. Um, but I think if you were to give value for money, I would give a 10. So it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? <laughs> It's a weird one, given that he obviously was great for us, then got that virus, and then was never really that good after that. Uh, and even since going to Spurs, like he's ended up being fairly disappointing. I think he's still playing for their 23s. He's on loan at Sunderland now. Oh, sorry, on Sunderland, but he he has been playing for them for, until fairly recently, and um, has you know hasn't really kicked on. But uh, I also kind of think the the loan signing back was part of the deal. Yeah. With the with the sale, which was what ten million or something ludicrous, um, so it's hard to really complain about that one. Um, anyone have any other thoughts on Jack Clark? No. Right. Well, let's just cover the other signings. So uh, there's two signings who that we made that were, I, I suppose, important in Stuart McKinstry and Liam McCarran. Stuart McKinstry, we actually played, we paid some wedge for, we paid four hundred thousand for him, which I guess is fairly uh, big, big chunk of money for a under twenty threes player. Um, and he's been fine for the under-23s, I guess. Um, has played for the senior squad when we've had horrendous injury issues, but um, didn't really stand out, but also didn't really flop in those games either. Uh, and Liam McCarron was sort of bit part-played into a left-back position, which wasn't really his own, and he did make a Premier League appearance as well. Um, other than that, it's uh, players like Rafa Mejica, Guillermo Amor, Alfie Hughes, Josh Galloway, Alia Caprila. Um, they're, they're, again, they're sort of these these sort of young player fodder that that come in, and then you're not entirely sure where where they're going to end up. Uh, and uh, yeah, no no indication that they will be successful at the at the level that we're at now. And then the the block the blot on the copybook in Jean Kevin Augustin, who is uh, currently still haggling with us over the legal issues involved in that loan um a player who we were quite excited about because we'd seen him play before everything went wrong for him but yeah everything went wrong for him continued at at Leeds as well so it's a weird a weird um season overall in terms of the window um I think there's an argument to be made that it was sort of like the worst window that we had in terms of like the actual what we ended up with in terms of the squad because we only actually ended up really buying um Jan Paveda. Um and again just a testament to how good Bielsa really was that we were able to get promoted in two seasons where we we barely spent more than 10 million uh, on players in terms of uh, in terms of the, the the values that we put out so um I think the Jean Kevin Augustin thing is is a weird one it it maybe touches on that area of order that we talk about this sort of his desire to make reclamation projects where he sort of picks out players who've maybe 
looked promising but never hit their full potential um, and there's a few of those it, it, it hidden in there as well so maybe something we could talk about a, a little bit later but let's move on to talk about the 2021 season so this is the first season back in the in the um, Premier League and and there's a few signings in this season that's some interesting ones so let's jump in with that so starting off with Helder Costa Tom um, who obviously we'd signed the previous season on loan and then extended to a full signing so yeah do you want to talk about Helder? Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head how much we bought him for. Is it, I think I've got 13 million, but if that's probably wrong, so apologies. Um, I know Valencia have got an option on to buy him for 16.75 million. Um, whether they take that up, I don't know. Uh, but in terms of his on-field success for Leeds, I've put a 6 out of 10, because he never really hit the heights of that Wolves season. I think it was his first Wolves season where he was like the first big signing. Um, but he did. He was a player that helped Leeds get promoted, and he did put in some good performances that year. But the problem for him is that once we got into the Premier League, he just never got a chance. Once we signed Rafinha, because Rafinha is just amazing. Um, so I've given it a value of five out of ten because I, I again I don't think we know the answer to this one yet. Um, if the Leeds take up their option, then it probably looks like a good value signing. Uh, but if he comes back and we struggle to get him off the books, then the five probably becomes a three or a two pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I just don't think we know the answer to this one yet. Yeah, I think those those are both fair. It could you could probably bump it up on the value side of things, like you say, if that if that option comes through. Anyone have any thoughts? No, uh, no, no, no I, I don't. I think I think yeah, like you say, Tom. It's the difference really is in in the on field stuff is between what he was at, in that first season at Wolves and with us, and that that you know the, like the crowd never really took to him either, and I think that 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 impacted him because I think he's one of those players who. Um, can be impacted by external factors like another player being signed and the crowd been a bit grumpy with them and, and whatever. So, mm. uh, Darren, your your love child, Ilan Melier. Yes. Uh, so we signed him for I think I think the fee was reported to be around five million, although I think it is reported as undisclosed. Um, and I've given him a nine in terms of on-field performances, you know, because he is still <laughs> developing. I don't know if anyone knows. Uh, how old he is, um, or whether that's ever been mentioned. Um, but <laughs> That's what I've heard, that's the rumour. Um, <laughs> but I just think to be playing as a number one goalkeeper in the Premier League at his age is, is pretty incredible. Mm. And I will acknowledge that he's made, you know, he's made some mistakes and I think this season has probably been less good for him than, than, than it could have been. But I think you do have to also take that on board with young players that they are going to go through dips and peaks and troughs and um, particularly in, in the goalkeeping position, you know, because I think mistakes are always likely but I, I don't think you can really question um that I think I, I think his his performance level has been really high and also I think if you get in a Premier League goalkeeper with the reset likely resale value that, he, that he'll have and you get that player for five million quid I think you also have to say that that's a really high value signing so I've given that a 10 out of 10 in terms of value yeah and I think anyone's going to disagree with any of this I'd give him more than a 10 for value if I could. Yeah, That's same. the only main yeah. issue with I that. I think book. he actually yeah. knocks a few of the other players down, actually. Yeah, if yeah, if we were going to like normalise it, mm. we'd just make everyone lower and keep it at 10. Yeah. Adam, Joe Gellhart? Yeah, I gave him an 8 for on-field uh, success so far. That could easily go up in time. I could easily give him a 10 for just that goal against Norwich, which could end up being priceless for us before the end of the season. I've given him a 9 for value for money. I'm very happy to go to a 10 here. Because he's someone with elite potential who we know is going to get better. We signed for less than a million. We signed for about 900,000, I think. And Orta kind of had Wigan's pants down. He definitely made the most of a bad situation for them because he, he's not a 900,000 pound player. Um, and I'm 
delighted with the signing. It's one of the best he's made again. Uh, but I'd give an eight for on the pitch and nine for value for money. Yeah, I have no problems with that. Again, you can maybe bump it up to, to 10 because of the, as you said, the circumstances. I'd maybe go down on the eight. Yeah. Just because I think it, it was, he's, he's, I know he scored against Norwich. Uh, scored Tom, away do you not Chelsea, remember hugging me away at Chelsea and the way yeah, you Yeah, I was going to say. If, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think like apart from those, like it's hard to give him an eight at the moment because that's kind of it. Just those two that. moments. And yeah. I think that's Wolves, the Wolves penalty as well. But yeah. Yeah. And the assist against Burnley. I do agree that he is being overhyped at the moment. I um, think if he hadn't just scored the winner against Norwich, I think Yeah, that's right. definitely in my head and I knew that when I put yeah. it. Yeah. A bit of recency bias there, yeah. Adam. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but seven, seven, seven yeah, right? Yeah, yeah seven. I think so. I think he's got potential to be a good player, but at, at the moment, like it's certainly within the Bielsa system, he just didn't really fit. Um, and the the goals that we got were from his individual ability. So his ability to dribble through and win penalties has got us a couple of goals, and his ability to be in the right place at the right time late on in games has has got him uh, a couple of goals as well. Um, but in terms of like the wider system stuff, it's just never really been been quite clicky but it'll be interesting to see what happens under Jesse Marsh I guess um, I got Cody Drame I've completely forgotten writing anything about Cody Drame I've put down 4 out of 10 for his on-field stuff which is maybe a little bit harsh given that he's been so good for the under 23s but I think when he did make senior appearances this season he was really off the level that we would have expected for a senior player um, so that's why I, um, I've given a low number there um, in terms of value for money I've put out of 8 out of 10 um, I think we signed him for again a similar sort of fee to the fee that we signed Joe Gelhart for and it's I think it's hard to see this one not resulting in some sort of profit so that may be a little bit high in terms of the, the value for money but definitely another one of those players that we've talent ID'd as as being uh, a player who will actually hit the level where we can actually expect him to be playing in the, in the Premier League for someone uh, and so for me that means that we almost certainly will make money on it. Yeah, I agree with those. Adam Rodrigo has been yeah. a contentious one for you. He's got 12 goals, 3 assists in 54 games for us but he never really fit into any system until kind of now with Marsh he's fitting in a little bit better. I've given him a 6 for the on-field success so far, I'm still not sure. I was between five and six. I decided to be nice. And I gave him a four for value. I could easily go down to a three for that. And I was very close to doing that. We spent 27 million on him. He's our record signing. It could rise to more. I don't think it will ever do that because I think you have to hit quite a few clauses. Um, but for our record signing, I was expecting a lot more. He's been injured a lot and we'll definitely lose quite a lot of money on him if we were to sell him. So it's quite poor in general. I'd, I'd easily go to a three for value, but I'm happy with the six, I think, for how he's played so far. He has come up with some some decent moments at times, even though he's not quite fit. He is still an elite creator. We know that. So I, I'm happy with the six. Yeah, I guess that's going to be the controversial one. Uh, is it going to be controversial? Because... And I know that he's had a couple of good games recently, and but I, but I think I think the um, the kind of general mood and view around Rodrigo has shifted a little bit, and um, you know I think we we said all along that spending that amount of money on a twenty nine year old was a bit a bit nonsensical. Ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, I mean I have no have no issue with calling it an overspend and it being a disappointing signing, but I do think that in terms of like the performances that we've seen from him on the field that that he has been he's been good at half of the stuff he's had to do 
which I think maybe complexifies it. Um, there's been some games where he's just been a non-entity, but I get again, you've said recency bias, but uh, he has had some okay performances of late. I think injuries bring him down a bit as well. Yeah, I, I guess the injury thing is interesting, right? Because we were we were arguing that part of the reason earlier in the season, part of the reason why we were in such a bad state was because we continued to play Rodrigo through the first three months of the season. And you could almost you could almost correlate when we were playing badly with how often Rodrigo is playing in the team regularly. But I guess with the the, the revelations this week that, that Rodrigo is playing injured for the first three months, I suppose maybe changes that a little bit. But I, I guess we're, we're, not, we're not necessarily... When it comes to on-field performances, we're not really judging like the context. We're just literally judging do we think that he performed well on the field and I think that it, it's just really tough to, to to judge that because there's things that he does that no one else on our team can do but that doesn't necessarily translate into him being a particularly useful player in some of the games that we've had as well and I, I, I think maybe recently where everyone's t- sort of turning around saying well maybe Rodrigo will be great now that he's you know scored a couple of goals recently but those goals games are just so hard to read in any sort of meaningful sense that I don't think you can really judge how well he's going to play under Jesse Marsh until we've got a few more games under the belt as well. I definitely agree with that so would you say a six for how he's played so far? I'd be maybe tempted to push it to a seven because I do think he's a level above some of the some of the other players that we've given sixes for. But again, I'm not I'm not particularly feisty about arguing about it. Really, um, I, I don't because I've been someone who has through the, his whole time has been like he's not very good at pressing, and he's the team breaks when he's in it. So yeah, maybe six is fine. Yeah, Tom Robincock. Yeah, I did kind of struggle with this one a bit mainly because he's been injured in long stretches quite a lot. Uh, but I think when he has got a run of games, he's he's played quite well. Um, so I've given him a seven. And you, may, maybe if he hadn't been injured, you could have said that was higher. But I've just I've kept it at seven just because he's been injured for so long. Um, and I've also given him a seven for value, mainly because yeah, like I said, when he's played, he's played well. It's just he's been he's been injured. And I think actually he would go for a profit if we sold him now or in the next few windows because I think he's I think he's only twenty five, isn't he? Or twenty five, twenty six. So I think it's it could easily go for some money in the next few years still. I'd maybe quibble seven. If we're giving Rodrigo six, I think Robin Cox probably a six as well. I can't think of many games where Robin Cox has changed the course of the game, whereas I can think of some games where Rodrigo has. And I suppose then we're arguing about like consistency. Um, so is Robin Cox just sort of consistently okay? And is Rodrigo sometimes good, sometimes bad? Um, but I don't know what anyone else Yeah, no, about. I think that's spot on. Actually. Mm, that's fair, yeah. But I'd agree yeah. with the value for money because I think even with his injuries, we probably could sell him for a small mm. profit. Yeah, it's back to me and Crescencio Somerville again. Another player I have no memory of actually having written about, but um, he he was obviously sort of an undisclosed fee, fairly cheap, brought in. And again, it's one of those tricky ones to talk about because he's been so good for the under twenty threes, and then fairly disappointing when he's played for the seniors side. Um, So he's been one of those players that everyone's been super excited about when they've watched the twenty threes, but then you never really saw that translated into the first team. Um, So I gave him um, I gave him six out of ten. I think that maybe too much even yeah. just looking at it now probably closer to five or even I'd four, say four. Uh, for that one I'd say yeah five. but again <laughs> i feel bad because like he's been so outstanding for the 23s but i guess we're not judging him on we're not judging victor Orta on his ability to buy under 23s players um and uh, part of the problem is is that he he's only playing under 23s because he's not good enough to actually be a f- regular member of the of the senior squad so um and then yeah value for money i've put seven out of ten because i think again we bought him for a smallish fee i think it was around a million um if i remember correctly um and it just seems as though he will move back to probably the Eredivisie at some point and for mm. a profit 
<laughs> Big sigh from Darren. <laughs> is, that because, is that because the next player on the list is Diego Llorente? It might well be that. Yep. So, okay, here's the thing. I really struggled with this one. So, Llorente has performed well at times, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> um, what, what I would ask is, which is the outlier? Is it the proactive, decisive centre-back that some people saw last season? Or is it the rash, positionally suspect, bomb scare of this one? <laughs> is Does that depend on who you are when when you're watching him? Or has his look changed? Like I really struggled with it, and I, I think I think the, the 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 this one will will be sort of controversial, and some people will go, "Juventus is clearly our best centre back." Some people like me will be saying, "No, he's not. He's clearly our worst one." And and then, uh, but so trying to normalise that in the middle was really difficult. So I, I ended up landing on a. I tried to sort of balance him against Robin Cock. That's what I tried to do, um, and I think that that his. He's had a negative impact on a lot of games this season. Would be my would be my assessment, and balancing that against some positive impact on on games um, in in the previous season. So I've kind of balanced that out at about a six, um, and I think I think that might be fair enough. Um, in terms of value for money, we're definitely going to lose money on this signing. Um, I'd be amazed if we ever recoup a significant fee for him, and I felt like his age meant the fee was too high to begin with. And his injury record prior to coming to Leeds and his injury record while he's been at Leeds definitely shaves value off him. So I'd put that at around a four, I think. Yeah, I think you definitely agree with the, the value for money side of things. When it comes to the on-field stuff, yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I'm someone who's always been a bit of a detractor of, of Diego Urente, uh, even early on, just doing scouting stuff. And, and I took a fair amount of flack last season for, for my t- takes on Diego Llorente, but I feel as though this season some of those criticisms have come home to roost. So, but he gets called up for Spain. Well, yeah, they don't have any. He must be good. Today, so. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think six out of ten, maybe maybe seven off the basis of last season. But I don't particularly mind. It. We've put Cock at a six. So I think Llorente at a six is probably yeah. fair. Yeah, I think Cock is maybe a little bit overrated because he is just a consistent player. Like he doesn't uh, he doesn't sh- shine, but he also doesn't ever really have terrible performances mm. uh, whereas Urente is a little bit again he's one of those sort of changeable players who sometimes can have a game where you're like oh he played really well he made all of the tackles he needed to make he played some of those nice passes uh, and then other de- other games you're just like I cannot believe that this player is a professional footballer so it makes it like you said Darren it just makes it a little bit yeah. harder to, to judge that does that average out around the same as what Robin uh, yeah, Cock is yeah I think so yeah, I, I rate Robin yeah. Cock because he's not Diego Urente I think is right <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree with that yeah <laughs> That's probably true. Right, Tom, a little bit of respite from talking about these players um, to talk about Rafinha. No guesses for my scores on this one. He's a 10 for his on-field stuff. Uh, easily the best player Rota's bought um, out of all these signings. And this is 10 for value because we bought him for about was it 17 million. Um, we, you're probably looking at 50 plus at least to sell him and 17 million for his output. Yeah, ridiculous. We're just, we, sh- we should just have a special scale for him and Melier for value. Yeah, 100%. Where they're just yeah. like, they get a 10. In they were the reason I put Pascal down, actually, because I couldn't give him a 10 the same as them. But you're right, they're the two best. Yeah, and no one's going to disagree with that. So, yeah, the other player we had that season was Jack Harrison, again, on loan, because we had him forever. Don't worry, we are going to talk about signing Jack Harrison in the next season. But before we do, uh, Darren, do you want to just quickly talk about the, the other players? Yep, a short list. So 17-year-old Charlie Allen from, from Northern Ireland uh, for an undisclosed fee. 
Um, Danny van den Heuvel um, came in on a free transfer. Um, he's sort of second under-23s goalkeeper. And Sam Greenwood came in for an undisclosed fee as well, but that was believed to be around around a million. Um, and I think they're all they're all fair enough signings. I think I think Charlie Allen's very young and he's been played in the 23s probably before before he should be. Um, I think van den Heuvel is decent in terms of his. Um, a bit in terms of how he matches up to class and in under 23s performances at least and Greenwood I think a lot of people are uh, the kind of the jury's out really on him I think I think he's definitely got quality uh, in some areas but I, I I think there is a question about whether he'll ever make that step into playing for Leeds in the Premier League but I still suspect that if we don't do that we'll still probably make a profit on Greenwood um, it, because I think we'd already be able to move him on for more than we, we brought him in for so I think that's I think that's reasonable yeah of course. Right, and then that brings us to this season where we've barely made any signings, one of which was Jack Harrison, as I've mentioned, who uh, obviously has felt like a permanent signing since pretty much the beginning of the Bielsa era. But Adam, do you want to talk to us a little bit about Jack Harrison? Yeah, I think he's the definition of seven, really. Um, we've got three years of decent loans out of him. He's had a small drop-off this season, but he's been a regular in the team. He's never injured, which I think definitely goes in his favour. It's a good signing, so I gave it a 7 out of 10. We signed for £11 as well. So in terms of value for money, I am an 8. Purely on the basis that being fairly young and English for £11 that's good value. And I think we could make a small profit if we were to sell him tomorrow um, in today's market, in the English market. Because English players, a lot of teams like to stockpile them to fill up the homegrown quota and, and that's why I've given him a 7 and an 8 I think that's pretty spot on I think we'd make a decent profit on him if we sold him I don't think it'd be a small profit I th- like I'd you know I think we might sell him for 20 25 something like that like I, I don't think it'd be a you know, I, I think the value is might be higher given that we got given that we got three years out of him for really minimal money, and then we paid eleven million for him. I think I'd be tempted to bump that up a bit. I'm I'm, I'm no problem with that really. Yeah, but I also don't like. I don't think eight out of ten is that bad either. Maybe eight point five on, on that one, Darren. <laughs> You really, you really oh, like no. fun ones. <laughs> I gave you the goalkeepers, but I also gave you the real other end of the stick as well. He <laughs> did indeed. He did indeed. So that that um, you may be aware, people, is is my introduction to talk about Junior Furpo. Um, so we talked about um, reclamation projects earlier, and we talked about it in the context of um, John Kevin Augustan. And I think this is Junior Furpo is almost the dictionary definition of of a reclamation project. So a player who had a you know a really good season or a really good start and then struggled at um, Barcelona really badly. And I think that the, the jury is very much still out on him. Although I think a lot of people have already made up their mind and based on some of his performances, I think that would be reasonable too. But there have been some decent performances mixed in with some bad ones. But he has missed a lot of game time due to injury. So um, I. Yeah, I think I'm around a four currently for on-field performances. Um, I I think, yeah, the the Villa game, and this is probably a bit of recency bias, where he was pretty appalling, um, has really kind of shaken my faith that we'll ever really get anything out of him. Um, And then I think the, um, in terms of value, again, I've gone around a four. Because I think it's not a crazy fee that we paid. Like we paid 13 million for him, <laughs> but he'd need to have a really, really, really good season next year to hold his value even at all. Um, and I, I don't necessarily even know that he'll still be around the club next season. So um, I, th- I think there are big questions around that signing. I personally think he will be here next season because I think he's going to be really struggle. We're going to really struggle to shift him considering the wages mm. on. So I think we're going to have to put up with it. 
I would maybe give him a five for never getting sent off, which I think is really quite impressive given some of the, <laughs> of the situations he's found himself in in terms of the on-field stuff. We fair. gave Barry yeah, Douglas right. a five, so does Furpo a five seem, seems about right? I think four's fine. I think he's been poor. I think we yeah. should be honest about it. I think part of the problem with with Junior is that everyone wants it to work out, and so I think people are, are, are willing to sort of over-inflate the, the performances. I don't think there's not been... There's been like a couple of times where he's done okay when he's got into high areas and near the box. But even there's been even games where um what was the game recently where was it the Leicester game where he, he had a fairly easy chance and still didn't even score that? I don't yeah, know, I think maybe it was last year. It just feels like we've not even got the most out of him going forward, which is what everyone raves about. Um and then defensively he's just been a bit of a disaster at times. But I'd maybe ring the foot the value for money down, personally. Yeah, again it's it's yeah, it's, I, I think it'll probably end up being in hindsight, this will be a, a fee that we look back on and we think, what on earth were we thinking? Yeah. It's what, the same sort of fee as Robin Cock, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But we're also giving the same for Llorente as a four and Furpo is at least younger. So, and I know he's injury prone, but I think four's about right. Yeah. yeah. And that brings us on to the final player <laughs> on this list, which is fallen to me through Oops. absolutely no... <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel James signed from Manchester United for £25 million, making him the fourth most expensive sale that Manchester United have, have ever made. Um, yes, and when you consider the other players were, I think, Lukaku, Di Maria and someone else, Cristiano Ronaldo, that really puts into perspective how bad this signing <laughs> was i'm just going to be i'm just going to be honest about it i think this is a terrible signing uh, in terms of the on field stuff i've given him 6 out of 10 um i i think there will be people out there who think that it's he's been very good and that we should bump that up i do not agree i think that we've seen good stuff off the ball from him and we've seen good moments from him um even even when it comes to like things like him scoring goals we've seen a decent shot against Villa from distance and then sort of two random headers that just seem impossible that he would ever have beaten his man in those two situations uh, and then I guess there's been another Spurs. yeah yeah a nice a nice tap in there but in terms of the fact that he's been playing up front for us for for most of the time I just don't think that we've really we've really seen much of a, a value from him I don't think there's been many games where he's changed the game uh, at all uh, and certainly for a fee of 25 million I think that you would expect more for that now I've put his <laughs> his value as one out of 10 which was mainly a joke but I do <laughs> think that mainly a joke but I do think that <laughs> I'm so I'm interested to hear what you guys actually think that the value should be uh, but I do think that this again has to be contextualized in the fact that not only was it a big fee, 25 million is a big fee. You expect, I think, more from the on-field stuff for that. So maybe that's why I've given him a bit of a lower um, score on the on-field stuff. But in terms of value for money, you have to consider that in, in the context of, as I've just said, this is the fourth most expensive player that Manchester United have ever signed. So it's not only that we've overpaid for him, which I think is an uncontroversial take. It's the fact that we've overpaid for him for a club who are famous for not allowing people to overpay for their players, um, which I think maybe brings it down a little bit as well. So I'll hand over to you guys to put to, to, to sort of talk about the actual value for, for, for the cost the, for him. The thing there, with but, the value um, as well is that what you you paid twenty five million for him and I think you could have got better for less. Someone like Noah Lang, I think would have been cheaper than that and you've seen from his games in the I've only personally watched him in the Champions League, but he just his on field stuff is just so much better than Dan James's. So mm. that's what that's why I think the value is 
probably not a one. That's probably harsh, but you know, like you said, it's a joke. I think if we gave Rodrigo a free, maybe Dan James at a free is fair. Yeah, and I think as well the, the very fact that like the only reason we bought him was because Bielsa wanted him so bad, and then we we've ended up having him for six months under Bielsa, and then suddenly we're like we now have him for four more years under a different manager, and we should. It, it almost feels like we should have known that it wasn't that whole that whole contract wasn't going to be seen out under Bielsa. Um, so it, again, it, it just maybe there's just little elements to it which make me sort of get annoyed all over again uh, mm. these things. But people happy with the three? In terms of the on, yeah. on field stuff, would people want to argue that it should be higher than six? I would have said lower. Mm, I, I think he does impact games. I don't think he's like I don't particularly enjoy him as a player, but I think he does have impacts on game. I don't think he changes games, John. I think you're absolutely right about that. But I think, but I think he is involved in games heavily. Not always to our, um, not always, to, <laughs> not always improving things for the team. I don't know. I really, I really, again, I really struggle with this one. Like, I think the value. Like, yeah, 25 million is a lot, but again, he is still relatively young, but I don't think we'll ever make a profit on him. So, yeah, some something low middling feels about right, I think. I'm personally at the sort of five, six mark for on-field, so I'm happy with the six, but I do want to read a little abstract, if that's all right, John, from recently in Josh's mentions where I've had a bit of an argument. I think Taldo's been reading it because he's mentioned Noah Lang. Um, someone has said that it was a fair price for Dan James, and I said that I would sell my left bollock if we ever make a small profit on him, let alone for fifty million. Um, and I stand by that, so uh, I think I'll leave it at that. I just don't think he's ever, ever going to see a profit made. I don't think we'll ever see the true value for money out of it. I think there are better players for cheaper, as Toldo said. Um, so I would happily give that a two or a three. Well, at the risk of ending this podcast on a downer, let's. Let's Darren cover the the other players that we signed this season. So. <laughs> the other players we signed this season were Amari Miller for an undisclosed fee, Sean McGurk for an undisclosed fee, Lewis Bate for an undisclosed fee, and he's the kind of the great hope in in that group, and 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 you know hopeful that he'll see some more involvement at some point. Uh, Christopher Clarson, who um, we signed for one point six million, and he's now my favourite player in the world, given his <laughs> performance against Wolves. Um, falling guilty to my own recency biases there. Um, no, but I think I think his performances for the twenty threes have been uh, improved recently, and I, but I think he, it's fair to say that he has struggled, and it'd be interesting to see what happens there. I think we've all been impressed with Helder when when oh sorry John Helder. Thank you. Um, so we've all been impressed with him when he's played and we're hopeful that he recovers from his injury quickly and continues to progress because I think he could be an important squad member next season. And finally, Matteo Fernandez, who I think is still really to find his feet uh, in, the, in the under-23s. But um, So I, I think the the business at 23 level, again, is is absolutely reasonable uh, and, and is partly about strengthening that group and partly about trying to find players who we can move into the first team eventually and, and the other players will, will, will move on at, at reasonable fees, I would imagine, to other, other clubs. Well, unsurprisingly, this podcast has run a little bit longer than usual, but I think that's fine. Um, I think the best way to end is for us to just have concluding remarks on the overall span of, of Victor Water's time at Leeds. So... I'll put this over to you guys, but I suppose the interesting things for me is that he obviously comes in, starts off with a scattergun approach, then Bielsa comes in and that scattergun approach disappears. Um, hard to know whether or not that sort of approach is going to appear or reappear now that now that Bielsa's gone. So that, there's that to think about. There's also the, the, the whole Bielsa conundrum, right, which is how do you assess uh, a director of football's impact when 
part of the reason why he's been considered as successful director of football is because he brought in a manager who increased the value of the players, got more out of the players than we ever thought was possible. Um, so that's difficult as well. So again, the next window is going to be an interesting one in that respect. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, in, in recent, recent times, I suppose the, the first season back in the Premier League was, I suppose, the, the first indication we got of what Victor Orta maybe looks like. And I think there's been very much hit and miss signings in in particularly that first season if we didn't sign Rafinha which sort of happened late at the end of the the window I don't think we would be positive about that window at all necessarily um there was obviously a few players who were brought in um as as loans extended to full contracts uh, and then a few younger players who I think would would, would we would be positive about but in general the the larger uh, more, more marquee signings maybe a little bit more disappointed on that so I'll pass over to you guys to just sort of ha- have concluding remarks so Adam what do you, what's your take on, on Victor Orta's as just having gone through the whole span of the signings that he's made a real mixed bag and I don't know if you can say that of every single director of football I would say compare it to Dan Ashworth at um, Brighton how he's done and if I was to compare that I would say Dan Ashworth's done a lot better so Orta could be marked down for that in that sense but then I, I would look at others and, and say well he's done better than them so it is a bit of a mixed bag but I'm I'm still optimistic that he could get this summer right and I think this is the sort of make or break and a lot of people have been saying that and that's why these threads have been going around um, this will be the one where we, we can tell for sure whether he's actually got the talent ID or not and I think he, he does have a decent talent ID I think there are some here that are really you know sort of Rafinha, Melier Pascal, they really do bump him up in the ratings, but they are good signings, and if we can have more of that, then we'll be fine. Uh, I do think it's going to be another mixed bag again this summer, personally, but we'll see. Toldo? I kind of agree with Adam that I think his talent ID is good. If you hear like the, the players that are mentioned that we didn't sign, but like you never know how much truth there is in that. Um, my kind of worry, if I just look at the sort of the future of it, is that this summer we kind of we're going to need to make quite a lot of first team signings, and we need to hit on pretty much all those signings really and if you look at his past Victor Orta's past he is he is a mixed bag so it's, it does worry that we, if we go for like five or six signings maybe three of them are good and it kind of leaves us in the situation the summer after where we're having to do a lot of first team signings again so that's that's my worry really yeah I guess if we look at like the last season we made around four or five big signings um, so if we say Rafinha Llorente Cock Rodrigo <laughs> How, 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 yeah, in terms of like success and failure, you'd say Rafinha success and the others probably like okay middling to a failure and Rodrigo. And if you were, if you reflect that again next season, so you say maybe one really successful player, a couple of middling ones, and then probably a a bit of a failure. Then I guess how would you how do we feel about about that as a uh, as a window? I mean, we're gonna have to make more signings than that, but uh, I, I I suspect that we will see that kind of reflected next season as well there'll be a, a good signing a couple of me- mediocre ones and then maybe a poor one um and yeah i suppose that's where we're at but darren the voice of reason let's hear your concluding remark so i think the the this this coming um pre-season will be that will be the first one where there isn't a significant mitigation um in in place for all so in the first season <clears throat> the club was a reclamation project and it was about getting players through the door to change the playing squad in the other seasons that there has been the Bielsa factor, um, either, either limiting or demanding certain players or whatever that, that turns out. So this is the first season where we go into a 
a pre-season and, and we, I think we actually probably get to see what Victor Orta actually looks like as a director of football. Um, I think some of the, some of the signings have been, that we've made have been unlucky. Um, like Robin Cock really stands out in that, that I think if he'd not have picked up those injuries, I think we, we might have been talking about him as an actual good signing now rather than a mediocre one. Um, but I, th- I think the, the, I, I think the overall hit rate isn't great. Um, when you look at, when you look at Orta's, um, work as a whole I think that the hit rate is probably too low um, so I, you would expect to have more success stories in, 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 in a club that's made you know if if you, if you even consider like 50% a decent hit rate I think if you looked through this list and counted up the ones who you consider have actually been successful signings I think it's lower than you would hope for it to be um, so that's that's kind of where what this is what that's really brought home to me having looked at this list as an overall piece and that does bring us to the at the end of this podcast. We will be releasing all of our scores and our comments as a long medium piece as well, which will be out soon enough. Uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed this, something that's a little bit different for the international break. But that does bring us to the end of the podcast. And all that remains for me to do is to say thank you to Darren. Thank you. Thank you to Adam. Thank you very much. Thank you to Tom. Thank you very much. And thank you to you guys who, if you're still here after an hour and a half, deserve all the praise that you get. <laughs> and we'll be back with an author's list early next week and a preview podcast as well. Uh, both of those will be on the Patreon channel. So if you are not already a member of the Patreon, then do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash all stats aren't we and find out more. But until then, have a great week and see you later. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 